This is episode 203 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Carmen is entertaining us again. Myself, Carmen, and we're joined by a very special guest today who's come all the way from the UK. Cameron Nickel, welcome to the house. Thank you, Marcus. Nice to be here. Mate, thank you very much. Second time in Dubai, but you've obviously got a few more routes here. Indeed. Enjoyed the Christmas period here? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Nice break. Nice, nice break. Mate, give us a little bit of background. Before, before I tell everyone how awesome you are and stuff, give us a little <laughs> bit of background on, on what you do and, 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 and sort of where you've come from as well. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, so I, I started rowing at medical school about 10 years ago. Uh, never picked up an oar, was a basketball player, and uh, was... was <laughs> Hoops. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Hoops. know that. Yeah, there, didn't you know that. there you go. There you go, yeah. I, uh, That's I, why you're so tall. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the tallness. So, yeah, I rocked up to London. I was like, hey, I want to try and give some sport a go at university, at medical school. I yeah. tried finding a basketball team. Ironically, I couldn't find one that fitted in with my medical studies. What's that one that's in London? London Towers? Is that the one? I London United? Uh, it, it, there, there is one or two, though, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's a yeah. few. There's a few. Yeah. But they were just a bit too far away from medical school. So I was like, well, I'll try something else. And yeah. then I went down the river, quite liked it, got on a rowing machine, pulled pretty hard, and they were like, oh, come and try this. So the, fir- the first time you actually got in... Uh, on a yeah. rowing machine, rowing yeah. boat. Yeah. Was, what, what was first? Did you get on the rowing machine or did they just sling you in the boat? Uh, I was at a gym in, at medical school. Yeah. And uh, someone wearing some lycra came up to me and was like, dude, do you want to do this? I was like, no. <laughs> no way. You look a bit weird. <laughs> in my wife, Peter, in my shorts. I was like, no, I'll just stick to some bench press and, uh, <laughs> and do the rowing machine. Yeah. And, uh, and they're like, no, no, you can... You can Pull, pull the handle on the rowing machine quite well, come down to the river. And I was like, do I have to wear lycra? And they were like, no, it's all right. You don't have, for the first couple of tries, you'll be fine. I was like, okay, fine. Right. Got down the, the boat. Actually, quite, I quite like being on the water, being outside. Right. And, um, and really enjoy just getting away from the hustle and bustle of central London. We'll, we'll, we'll get onto the difference between the, the, the Concept 2 and the yep. boat. But what did it feel like the first time you sort of hop in this boat? Chaos. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, have you ever rowed in a boat? a boat? No. No, not oh. a guy. Like a, a canoe? Yeah, You've a done canoe. that, but it's totally different, right? I remember when I was at school and we, we, we went on a canoe trip and we were canoeing in the River Wye, okay, which is yeah, in yeah. North Wales, I think. Okay. And um, yeah, I fell out in about the first 30 <laughs> seconds and it's freezing cold yeah. and you're wet through for the rest of the day. It's, Indeed, a, yeah, it's a nightmare. Exactly. But you, you got in yeah. it and... It was, well, it was quite fun. So I, um, I just got, went out with my medical school club. Yeah, uh, in the River Thames, the same river that the boat races run at Oxford and Cambridge. Right, lovely setting. It was sort of whatever it was September, October time. Yeah, um, and it was just nice being outside. And then I, I, we started rowing together. We had like I think four of us were rowing, and the other four in, in the the eight because that was the big boat that we were in, nice yeah. and stable. Don't fall in. And um, yeah, it was quite fun. I quite enjoyed it. Ah. And then we went on the rowing machine, and someone was like, "Oh, we're going to do this test. It's a two k test." I was like, "What's that? Right. Two thousand meters goes fast as you can." And I was like, "All right." It, oh. it, sucked. <laughs> it was really hard. I started seeing stars, and I was like, "I quite like this. This is quite fun." <laughs> and, and and that really started. I mean, you, mate, I don't, I don't want to insult you by this, but yeah. you're, you're a little bit of a late developer. Yeah. But very soon, you're you're rowing competitively. Which, which which ended up, and I'll let you tell the yeah, story, yeah, but yeah. End, ended up at, at a serious level. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I was, um, I was sort of in the right place at the right time. So I was 18. I started rowing. I was at the University of well, University College London, uh, which is a part of the University of London, which quite, has quite a big rowing background. Right. And we're about six years, seven years from the London Olympics. Right. So it was sort of the time that, you know, a lot of the government and UK sport lottery funding, they were looking out for people my age. Right. Sort of 17 to 19. We know that we're going to target a few sports, one of which was rowing, to find right. people that have got the right biomechanics, the right engine. Yeah. And we'll try and fast track them onto, um, onto good things. Can you put the microphone close to your mouth? Absolutely. That helps a lot. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Normally I do that all the time. No interference. But yeah, so, um, so I... Uh, I basically was a little bit in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Had fun at the University of London. Really enjoyed it, which was the most important thing, which just fueled me coming back to things. Yeah. And, um, and I just loved getting stuck into the training, throwing weights around, being on the rowing machine, being in the boat outside. Yeah. And it was just, it was a weird escape from medical school. Like, you know, you're in lectures and working quite hard nine to five. And I just got up really early on the rowing machine or, some, or doing some training. And then twice, three times, four times, five times a week by the end of... Um, a few months I was you know going to the river and it was awesome yeah um, one, one thing you said yeah. there mate which I think is quite important like when you started you started enjoying it yeah how, how, how important do you think that is for, for, for folks obviously you know lots of people move into new things I think when we're when we're younger and we start things it becomes part of life yeah but when we're older we obviously see it a lot for example in the gym people will yeah. start to yeah. come and work out and come to CrossFit but how much of like how important was that to you massive yeah i mean that's that's one of the reasons why i stayed rowing for so long is just because i i enjoyed the movement and i enjoyed being around my team i enjoyed the camaraderie um and it's still it's, it's actually the thing that got me into crossfit i i, I missed the start line and i missed that enjoyment of racing from yeah. rowing after the olympics yeah and uh, i missed the uh enjoyment and the camaraderie from all my kind of crewmates which is kind of what brought me to crossfit right um, as well but yeah, that was a massive thing. And it's still the thing I say to uh, people nowadays. Like, I always bang on about the movement is medicine. And you have yeah. to find the movement that people enjoy. Yeah. It's, it's pointless. It, everything will have a, a shelf life. And it is kind of pointless if you just throw a movement or a sport down someone's throat yeah. that they don't enjoy. They'll right. do it maybe for a week, maybe for two, maybe for a month, maybe for a year. But at some point, if they're not enjoying it, It'll it will t- stop. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's really, really important to give um, almost kind of like just to p- put um, fuel on those embers. When someone finds something that they really enjoy, whether yeah. it's a certain movement or a sport, that's what you've got to kind of run with. Yeah. Um, and when you find a spark in someone or you see a spark somewhere that you go, oh, I quite like that cycling or I quite like swimming or whatever it yeah. is, yeah. run with it and yeah. go with it because that I think will lead you on to good things so seven years out from the Olympics yeah. you're a basketball player they've <laughs> yeah. converted you yeah. the tall, tall blokes there. Yeah. I mean that that's quite a, a I know that's how Olympic sport works and people mm. people know but if, if you go to someone now and say you know we, again bring it back to sort of the environment that, that we all move in now people want to lose 10 kilos sort of in the first month of the year yeah. or, or this that and the other how so how did that play out you know someone said to you okay in seven seven years time yeah. there could there could be a chance that exactly i mean it was it was kind of weird for me so i in the in the immediacy i i really enjoyed rowing i really enjoyed the short-term goals of getting into the first day getting into the university of london crew right making it to henley yeah. so i had those short-term goals and i kind of never really voiced it for the first couple years that i was rowing but i my one of my coaches at the university of london said you know there's no reason why you almost sort of phrase it in the negative not you could be the next best thing you could yeah. go to london it's like, <laughs> yeah. there's no reason why you can't go to the london olympics right 
And then that just sort of got planted in the back of my head, and I was like, ah, oh, hello. That's not a bad little goal to have. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. So the goal from then was just make it to the games, get there. Right, right. Um, and, uh, and I never really told anyone for a couple of years. I was just, oh, yeah, it'd be great to get into the, you know, this. And I sort of just worked my way up. Yeah. And I think it was really important, and it's the, still the thing that I search for now, which is that I call it now my, my Olympic gold medal dream, my kind of the big motivation that almost you don't voice to people, but it's just there in your mind. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that really drives you forward, drives me forward anyway. Um, and whether that's for a CrossFit athlete of winning the games or yeah. whether it's for someone doing something because, you know, they just want to be really fit or good at life. Um, but that's it's, really it's, important. Before, before we said that, you said like, the motivation was the first day at uni and then getting to Henley Rowing Club. So yeah. actually you were building small goals along the way yeah. that then sort of yeah, fueled exactly. this. Is that something that you still sort of work with even yeah, now yeah. after? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, 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 and that people should be getting more more focus on really? I think so. Well, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's two things. I think there's momentum and confidence to that. So yeah. and what, I, what I mean by that is that I always like feeling like I'm on a roll. Right. So I get, I get really good um, feedback and good results from positive feedback. Right. So if someone says to me, I'm almost like a kid, if you keep on saying, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do this, I kind of get demotivated quite quickly. Right. But if someone says to me, oh, this was good, maybe you can go for this. Yeah. This was good, go for that. I, I get quite full of confidence and I quite light up to that yeah um, and so having those short term goals for me is a bit of a confidence boost but it also feels like I'm always on a roll right and that kind of goes hand in hand so it's almost sort of fast forward my rowing career a little bit I started at 18 18 months after picking up an oar I was rowing for Great Britain right I won a bronze medal at the world champ- World under 23 championships right. um, and then 18 months after that was invited in to train with the Olympic squad right and I think that happened because every time I progressed to the next level there was a little carrot that little was quite carrot, cool yeah. to be like, hey, yeah. you could try that. Yeah. I was like, sweet, I'll do that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And at no point was someone saying, you know, it's really hard. You know, they're training. We train three times. At, like, I would have never have ever got up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. to do that. If someone was like, by the way, rowing's really, you got to get up. If anyone showed me all the negatives of rowing straight away, <laughs> I'd have never done it. <laughs> but people were like, look at what happened. I always remember watching the, uh, the famous Athens race, which is, if, if anyone's not seen this race, just watch it. If there's one race you've got to see. Yeah. Yeah. Athens Coxus Four, Matthew Pinson in the in the Great Britain Coxus Four. Right. Everyone watches the race from Sydney. That's a good one too. Yeah. Steve Red, Grade Five Olympic gold medals. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. But YouTube, YouTube the Athens race, Coxus Four, and um, I'll try not to give away the ending, but you'll probably guess what happens. But basically. A bit of backstory is the Coxes were having a bit of a bumpy road, right? Um, and it was kind of these two boats that come down to it, which is Great Britain and Canada. And uh, the other backstory is that the Canadian coach used to be a Great Britain coach, a guy called Mike Spracklin, right? And he was coaching this Canadian four, and uh, and so the race goes off, and the race lasts about six minutes, and there's these two boats vying for the gold medal, and it's this this I still uh, hear the commentator today, it was a guy called um, Gary Herbert who coxed the 92 pair. Anyway, right. so he's, he's a good, he's good at commentating on races. And he, they're coming down the, like, the last 250, and they're literally like neck and neck, bow ball to bow ball. And he's like, it's Great Britain versus Canada. It's Jurgen Grobler versus Mike Spracklin. They're going to the line. Who's going to win? Oh, it's so cl-. And they literally just cross the line. Beep, beep. And you just can't tell who's won until you watch it. Right. And there's a photo finish. And I won't tell you who wins because I want you to watch the race. <laughs> um, but it's separated by about, it's about six inches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like... It's nothing over six minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's just like the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up and I was like, I want that. 
Right. That's what I That's want to be a part motivation. of. And uh, and you know, in my in my career, I've been lucky enough to you know race internationally. I've yeah. you know been to Olympics, won two world championships, silver medals. Yeah. I've won a race by a hundredth of a second. I've wow. lost a race by a hundredth of a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just being like for me, being on that start line, we used to have these traffic light systems where you had a red light. Yeah. And then have the call over like Great Britain, New Zealand. Australia <laughs> so serious attention <laughs> and then like the green light would go and that green and light comes it. on it's just like adrenaline surge there's yeah. nothing like a big race um, and that's what I kind of I, I used to love and I used to thrive off awesome yeah that's cool just, I just want to rewind back a little bit yep. mate to, yep. to when you said there that you got called to the Olympic team or yep. to, to, to train with the Great Britain team yeah yeah how far out from the Olympics was that um, so that so we, Beijing had just finished, right? Um, and there was a big e flight. So I mean, an Olympic cycles four years. Yes. And what normally happens is you've got a squad of guys and and women, and yeah. uh, you go to the Olympics. After the Olympics, people have sort of a couple months to think: Do I want to carry on? Yeah. Not many people carry on for another year because you either probably do another Olympics yeah. or you call it a day. So there's usually an e flux of people. Yeah. So it was after Beijing. I was three years into my medical degree, and uh, and I got the, got the call up when I was twenty twenty one. Right. Do you want to come down and train with the Olympic squad? Yeah. Um, and the dilemma I faced was it was the same time as going into clinical medicine, and right. so my medical school were like, um, "How often do you have to train? Like what, three times a week?" And I was like, uh, three times a day." <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was then. It right. Was then. Um, and how how does that feel? Because obviously. British rowing has been strong for a number of years. Mm, yeah. It was strong before you went in, and, and, and it's continued to be strong. Yeah. And it's almost like, I, I don't know, as, as an outsider, it was almost like a cult yeah. in British sport. Like, the rowers were always, mm. you know, they, they were almost expected to win. Yeah. They, they did win a lot. And it's, I, th- I felt growing up that there was a lot of expectation around rowing. Yeah. How did how did that was there an expectation there or was there like you know because you were going in and, and like Steve yeah, Redgrave yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean you know it's he's one of the ultimate yeah, Olympians yeah, yeah. that we've ever had absolutely I mean it's interesting because although you're right rowing is a really really big Olympic sport yeah and there's that big pressure there and that big motivation to do well because if you don't win Olympic gold it's like you're not quite as good as everyone else that used to row yeah having said that in the UK rowing's not a a popular sport compared to football or right. compared to like rugby so in the papers I mean once every four years rowing crops its all, yeah. and then you just get on with a bit of training which is quite fun yeah. but um, but yeah there's that big pressure there and I guess we're, we're fortunate in the case <laughs> <laughs> get the video version you'll see what just happened uh, the, we're quite fortunate in the fact that um, we have a squad that has athletes that are at the top of the world which right. means that on a day-to-day basis you can compare yourself with people that are at the top of the world yeah which is a great benchmark to have um so yes it brought expectation yes it brought um pressure but it also was quite valuable in the sense that you've got that constant benchmark and that reality check yeah. of where you need to be huge motivation in that as well yeah absolutely and then to work with with i mean you've mentioned him already but jürgen like he, yeah. he, he had some kind of I mean, he just has this image, doesn't he? I yeah. mean, I obviously never met the guy, but yeah. read read a lot about him. What yeah. what was it like the first time you sort of trained with him? And you know, you're obviously this young kid. Yeah. I want to be in the Olympics in three or four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, a bit of talent, and then this 
sort of German <laughs> absolute whatever yeah, yeah. is like is there yeah he's a he's a tough man um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's very hard to please <laughs> yeah I can imagine yeah I mean I, I still don't understand how to read him um, he's right. very he's very um, when he's when he's filling you full of confidence it yeah. is like the strongest thing in the world like I remember the race that sticks in my mind so there's two things that I remember about Jürgen the first I mean three things maybe the first time I arrived he was just awesome he's like you know come on in okay come on so this is where Steve Redgrave used to train and I was like wow <laughs> so I, I realised realize he's just turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger sorry <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to do that <laughs> but um, but yeah and he was he's a, a real sort of presence he's not a tall man but right. he's got real presence in a room uh, certainly to me anyway yeah but the two things I used to the, the two things that I remember were the first was we were racing this long race um, called the Hansa Cup which is in Germany so the, an Olympic race over 2,000 meters yeah and it's side by side in, in Germany this is a side by side race with eights five or six boats but it's 12.7k right and you start side by side which means that it's a racing start and it's basically um, you've just got to go off as hard as you can and whoever blows like, or blows up last wins right um, and, and so we spent the first 6k at like 36 strokes a minute neck and neck with the world champion germinate it's bloody hard work um but then but the night before he should have bloody done this in the morning of the race because the night before i couldn't sleep a wink because right. he, he gave us this pep talk and i'd never experienced a jürgen pep talk before this day right and he's like okay you have andy hodge he can produce so much power <laughs> <laughs> he can sit there in the stroke seat he can produce 140 splits for an hour <laughs> no one in the world can do that and i was like oh yeah I'm <laughs> and, he's like, and he just went down he just went down the crew like oh he's so strong and then and then he got to like so me and uh, my friend Tommy who were in the, in sitting in the boat he's like and you two you are pretty good in the pair <laughs> <laughs> and, then we, and, and but then at the end of it he was like no one can beat you no one and I was like amazing this is so great amazing. like the hairs on the back of my neck standing yeah, up yeah. and then I had to go to sleep <laughs> and I was like dude I can't can you sleep and he's like no I want to go I want to go and race now no, <laughs> yeah so my, me and my, fl- my, my roommate were like dude let's just go and do a, let's go and do an ergo now <laughs> let's go do a quick 2k but, but so lo and behold I mean the, the end of the story is that we um, we're about 6k in with the, the world champion Germinate right um, and actually as it pans out they won the London Olympics so this was the only time um so the Hansa Cup is in Germany, yeah. and it's that race is the only time they were ever beaten in that four years. Wow! And we had this race uh, so to six k. We're about halfway, and then I can still hear it. We're about five men up, which means that the boat is about half a boat length ahead, and it was coming to up to a corner. And the cops like, "Okay, we've got to go. Well, twenty strokes. If we don't get ahead now, we'll lose." And I remember just being, it was almost like primal, just, and you're hearing that kind of like little speech in my head, oh, you, no one can beat you. Yeah. And you just went for it. And like, literally, they went for it as well. We pushed ahead. We got in front. Both, both boats totally blew up. Really? Just, and then we had six gate road to finish. But we won. Um, and Incredible. it was just, an, like, it was one of those out-of-body experiences. Yeah. And the crowd, it was like thousands of people at the finish yeah. and all it was all German crowd and they were all like in raptures like applauding being like well done, well done lads really? <laughs> that was pretty good and, they was, and the Germans loved their rowing yeah. um, and so that that was a, a massive, um, massively motivating experience and showed the power that he has yeah I mean he's, he's obviously been there for a long time yeah, as well yeah. and is it how much do you think is down to I mean you said he's, he's not a very tall guy so he's yeah. obviously not rowed 
a great deal in his life. Oh, but didn't he the, 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 the attitude and the approach of the coach, how yeah. much of the success of British rowing and, and maybe your success could you, yeah. could you put down to him? I mean, loads of it. I mean, he's, he's an integral. It wouldn't, be the, it wouldn't be the success it is without him. Really? Um, he's, I mean, I think the statistic is, I think it's the 1972 Olympics. Right. He's won an Olympic gold medal at every Olympics since then. Since 72. And it's like, so he's been to eight Olympics or something wow. like that. And he's won a good... <laughs> like 400 years yeah, old. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How old is he? Yeah. Um, and, so, and so I think his first year in the Great Britain team was 91. Right. Coach Pinson and Redgrave to gold in 92. And then he won a gold medal at every single Olympics since. One. And so someone that's not just been at the top, but been at the top for decades. Yeah. So he was winning Olympic gold medals like 10 years before I was born, 15 years before, before I was born. You, were born. Yeah. you just listen to it. And so even yeah. he, he could say something really stupid like, okay, guys, today we are going to get a glass of water and throw it in our face. <laughs> and we'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that sounds like a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> we should actually try that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Marcus. Yeah. And then until you Take do it. glass, <laughs> throw it in your face. <laughs> This will bring success. <laughs> let's just let's move into something else, okay, which, which, okay. Which, which which you've moved into, and we'll come back to to more stories. And I want to start. It's a good job we've got Carmen here. Yes, Bosman. Rowing and CrossFit. I want you to talk me through the first time you got on a concept two, and what happened. But <laughs> the first thing I got on a concept two was before I did CrossFit because I was going to a normal gym and I thought, okay. oh, what's this? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> so no clue how to do it. Just sit on it and then start just pulling the handle and then like, ah, oh, you think like, how do the rowers do? And I would do like a really like big pull <laughs> and then go what's over changed? my knee. <laughs> yeah, like, like it, I thought like uh, I would have the, the, what is it, where you row it? In real life, the, the pedals. Or the paddles. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So I think like, oh, yeah, it's like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing something really awesome. weird in a gym. <laughs> but then once I started CrossFit, they explained me how to do it. Ish. Ish, yeah. <laughs> Until I met you. Awesome. <laughs> and, and then you start to do it in a workout or did you... Yeah. Did you do a 500 or a 2K or... I think we would mostly do it like as a, as a warm-up. The first thing you do is just yeah. a bit rowing. Yeah. Um, but I know it was like really hard when I started to just hold on to a 215 pace, which yeah. is for a 500. Yeah. That was like really hard to do. Yeah. When I just started, I remember a workout we had to do in teams. And I think it was like 250 meters each. And then the guy said, like, oh, try to keep this pace. And it was so hard. And now, if you look, like, three three years, almost four years later, yeah. that's something I would do, like, when I'm really relaxing yeah, and, yeah. like, yeah. cruising through it. Yeah. So, yeah. And do you think that, obviously, from your experience, Carmen, do you think that's something that's, that's everyone goes through when they sort of get on a rowing machine and, you know, the first off, yeah, we're in, we're in the water and we're doing these yeah, ones. Yeah, you just and don't then, know. And then, like, when it comes into it, we're just pretty clueless, eh? Yeah, you just don't. You just, when it's the first time you do it, it's... Yeah. Uh, like many other things. Yeah. And that's, that's really where, where, where I want to take this next, Cam. You, yeah, yeah. You, you sort of... You, you obviously saw that when you rocked up at a CrossFit gym and, yeah. and, and all these people doing thrusters or, or, or what you made us do today, yeah. wall balls and muscle-ups with, <laughs> yeah. with, with rowing and, and having absolutely no clue yeah. how to do it. 
and, and and that's really when sort of your baby rowing wad yeah. was born. So talk us through a little bit about that and yeah. about how bad Bosman <laughs> used to be. It's and, good now. One twenty four split today. Hey? Ah, that easy. Was easy. Is that what you had Boom. on that lap? Yeah. Two fifty. To be only one meter sixty eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're all tall guys. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you that's, go. That's She's awesome. learning. She's learning. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just sort of, I mean, I, I started CrossFit, like I said, because I was looking for something to do that I could race at. I missed, yeah. missed the start line, missed the camaraderie. So I started CrossFit about a year or two after the, the Olympics. And um, and yeah, it, I guess it's because as you're, as you're a kid, you run around, right? You know how to run. Yeah. Most people have got a bike. You know how to do you know, cycling. Yeah. But no one really grows up with a rowing machine. It's a weird movement. Yeah. Um, so you just try and work it out from first principles. Well, I've got to move this handly thing. And no one really knows what to do with your feet. You know, some people put them in and don't really use your legs. And, yeah. and so it's kind of a hard movement to get right. Um, but if you bring it back to basics, it's just a, a pulling movement. It's a pulling functional movement. Um, right. And I, I essentially, I, I just started coaching some people down at my local box in in, um, in Blitz and Twickenham. Blitz, yeah. Uh, one of the guys there called Ben Massey. He's a pretty good course fitter, um, and he was you know pretty good at rowing. Yeah. Made him slightly better at rowing, hopefully. And um, and yeah, I just kind of had a few opportunities um, before the CrossFit Games last year, and got to coach some really good people. One of which was Old Carmenish, and um, it was quite fun. It's a and good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was cool because I think. The, the, the rewarding thing as a coach, um, coaching CrossFitters in rowing, is that CrossFitters, I think, are really good athletes yeah. and really good at picking up movement. Right. Um, and I remember it was it was about a month before the games in Carson last year. I started, I went over. I think it was up in up in GST in Wigan. You were there, um, Bjorgvin, Sarah, Phil, and Steve, and um, yeah, and it was just pretty incredible to see how many changes could be made in right. two days yeah um a guy called eric lau kellner who runs weightlifting one-on-one was like yeah come over you got three days and i was like i'm just gonna ex- set your expectations <laughs> three days is not a lot i'll try yeah. and do as much as i can yeah and it was amazing to see how much you can actually achieve in quite a short amount of time but that's i think that's one of the keys as well because obviously uh, the guys that you mentioned are, are probably a higher level mm. of crossfit the mass population just come into a gym yeah. like ours want to get fit but if they, if they, I mean, it's it's efficiency, right? Yeah. And and if people make those small changes, the, the efficiency that they get on the rowing machine to then be able to do other things goes through the roof. Mm. How much how much time do people need to? And I know this is a, this is a tough question to yeah, ask, yeah. but how how much time do people need to learn that? And then how long does it take to because sustain it. sustain it yeah. and, and 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 drill that technique? It oh, so it. it multiple answers I guess the first thing is it depends on your background if, you, yeah. if you've kind of done a little bit of sport as a kid you're easier to coach yeah. um, if you're doing some major errors incorrectly like if you're opening your back really early in the stroke yeah. I can coach you pretty quickly over a session right. to stop doing that yeah. and you'll see massive speed gains like yeah. there was, there was um, one of the ladies on the course this morning yeah. she improved her 100 meters 100 meter Usain Bolt 9, nine and whatever half yeah. seconds yeah. she improved her 100 meter time by 5 seconds wow <laughs> And in two like, hours. Yeah, in, in like, in, in, it wasn't even two hours. It was just a little sprint session in literally 15 minutes. It's wow. like, you're doing this. This is why it's costing you so much effort, yeah. and so much energy. Do this, and you'll be loads faster. Yeah. All right. So those sorts of things, you can make really big early gains. Yeah. Um, but rowing is one of those sports where consistency is rewarded. So if you get the right movement pattern, and you get lots of kind of kilometers in the right movement pattern, yeah. that will stand up and stand in good stead when you come to racing and yeah. that good movement pattern, that efficiency <laughs> will give you good scores. Was that, was that a lot of your training, your rowing training, was a lot of it 
developing that consistency and yeah. that and the stroke and and the efficiency of the stroke. Yeah. Well, I think you can. Rowing is one of those sports. I really think that it's pretty easy to learn, really hard to master. Right. And I think that you can make a lot of quick early gains. And, and the, the good thing in CrossFit is that you don't need to be at the standard of an Olympic rower. You don't right. need to be rowing perfectly. Yeah. You can really apply the 80-20 rule and just get that kind of the top 80% from about you know 20% of quite good technique. Yeah. And that will give you all the gains you really need. Right. I mean, until you're getting into that sort of you know pushing on the door of regionals going to the games level and you need to make those tiny corrections and get those you know that 610 2k that 615 2k from a 630 2k until you're at there you can you can just kind of do a few basics correctly and get a lot of speed rewards so so people that want to i mean there's a lot of people that when we'll program a row we did a 2k row the other week yeah now because we've got so many rows we're going to program 5k yeah and then after that there's going to be 10k in the class some people might not finish it in the class time but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay are we really going to do that the 10k yeah why not I'd love to coach that. Hey guys, you're going to teach it at the front. What we're actually going to do? We're going to set the rows up (laughs) like a like a body pump class. Mm -mm. Your row is going to be facing the whole class, and just like Cam did for his two K, you're going to talk through it. Talk through the ten (laughs) K. Four hours in a row. So now you're in hell. I'm also. (laughs) But what I mean by what you've just said there, mate. People, because what I see is that people come in and. Um, sort of more is m- more power, more speed, yeah. more aggression on the machine is better. Um, bending the back in all sorts of different directions is yeah, better. Yeah. What they should be really doing is just taking a little bit of time to build rhythm, exactly, and 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 to sort of understand the the, the stroke rate. Really. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's the thing I always open and close with in any seminar or training camp is like rowing is rhythm. If there's yeah. anything I can teach anyone, yeah. it's all about the rhythm. Everything you do outside of that is a bit superfluous because you need to build that into the rhythm because that's what sustains you whether you're going for 250 or 100k like you not just did <laughs> yeah. a few months Relax. ago let's not talk yeah, about that's that not that's crazy not um, but yeah so like yeah it's it's all about the rhythm and it's filtering in good biomechanics and good technique into that rhythm and yeah. that rhythm is what sustains things and when when people have developed that rhythm then um, i mean is it the same approach as as CrossFit should be, that's not always, that once you develop the skill, once you can squat properly, then you can add the intensity. Because to me, like, rowing's hard. You said it as well. Rowing is super hard. It hurts a lot. Like, there's no nice 2K, this, that, and the other. We understand that. But someone's going to come in and you're going to build that rhythm and build that technique. When when does it step up and when does it... And and how do you... you, I mean... (laughs) As I say, it's the same for, 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 for how CrossFit should be taught. It should be taught properly as a fundamental, and then we add the intensity. Mm. So at what point do we start getting intense? That's interesting. So, I mean, the first thing I'd say is that rowing's pretty safe. Right. Like, you're not going to, I mean, unless you're doing some really big things wrong, you're not going to get an injury by doing a bad stroke. Most of the injuries we see in rowing come from stress, from doing, you know, you get your rib stress fractures, your lumbar disc injuries from doing literally thousands of kilometers. So your average gym user is not going to be getting those injuries from once a week, twice a week. You just can't get the volume. Yeah. So it it, it is safe. But I like like the kind of phrase, move well, move better, then move faster. Yeah. Um, And that's the same with rowing is that I would say move well, try and get the good biomechanics you know down yeah try and refine them try and refine them and then you can speed things up 
in the same breath, you're probably just going to get bored if I say, right, let's just do 30 minutes of steady state rowing twice a week. But that's what you did three days, three times a day, five to six days True. a week. However, I did start out by, by doing like 500 meter sprints and, and, and stuff like that as well. But you're right, the, you get rewarded from what you put into it, right? Right. And, and, you know, when I was 18, I was doing modest weeks, which were 140 to 150 K a week. And then when I was in the team, Steady. yeah, in the team. Whilst we're on that there next week, <laughs> 140 to 150 K. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's <laughs> better than miles. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's always better than 500 K. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then like, at its peak, we're doing 280 K. It was the biggest week we had in, wow. the, in the Olympic team. So oh that's big, big volume. And with that, you get efficiency, man. Do you use the... The pads Bad. to put yeah. on your butt. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I actually have one of those. Yeah. No. I don't let anyone use it though. Top tip: <laughs> just get get a gym towel, yeah. fold it in fold half. It in half. It's much better than one of those. Well, it, it is, mate. But I found when I rode uh, a marathon that I had to change it every five k, and it just it got squashes. annoying. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. squashes, and it, I mean, because here it was obviously a bit warmer. Yeah. It gets uh, it gets Sweaty. wet, yeah, sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the 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 pad's pretty good. Yeah. So you see all these imperfections. You rock up at yep. Blitz, Blitz CrossFit. Yeah. A couple of guys doing it right. A load of guys doing it wrong. Yeah. And you're like, rowing wad. So what? Tell us a little bit. What is rowing wad? Yeah. What is it? What is it going to become? Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And how? And obviously, how people can get involved in it. Well, yeah. I mean, exactly as you say. It sort of started with uh, with with Blitz. Got to go in. It developed after the um, the opportunity I had before the games. And I was like, look. Let's try and coach as many as people in the CrossFit community and just get them better on the rowing machine. Yeah. And I was like, well, one of the things I can do is I can write really good workouts that go from literally never rowed before, build yeah. through the rates, show you about how to increase your speed with your rate, and then start to integrate different movements just like we do with CrossFit, particularly as we build towards the open. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so that's kind of how Rowing World was born. So now it's a, it's a site, it's a free program for anyone, two it's sessions a week. It's completely free. Completely free. Right. It will remain free at two sessions a week, wow. um, just for making sure as many people can get involved as possible. Wow. Uh, we're now up to week 22, so we've got 44 workouts on there for wow. free. Um, we've got over 4,000 people worldwide. It's only been going, what, uh, what 22 weeks? 22 weeks, <laughs> probably. <laughs> there we go. But, uh, but, mate, let's just understand this. Yeah. So there's two sessions a week. Yeah. Each last so, up to yeah. an hour? Yeah, no more than an hour. It's no less, Martin. Yeah, yeah. Like Most of them are about 30 minutes or less. It's yeah. designed, it's deliberately designed for someone who either does CrossFit and yeah. has lots of other things going on, gymnastics, yeah. snatching, um, yeah. clean and jerk, you know, you're weightlifting in gymnastics and CrossFit, or it's um, for your gym user who's going maybe once a day, maybe once every other day, yeah. and doesn't want to just row. So it's almost like a, a minimum effective dose Indeed. To, to build it. And the sessions, obviously I've, I've seen them, I've done a lot of them. A lot of them are based on what you spoke about before, developing that rhythm and, yeah. and developing that stroke rate. Can people expect... Um, their lungs to bleed? Oh, they're not easy. <laughs> the good thing with rowing is that, like, yeah, okay, you've made it's, it's sound con- very easy so far. Okay, man. so okay, it's uh, it's is like I say with anything, it's about what you what you put into it. And yeah. so you know, I can rate rate twenty for twenty strokes and pretty pretty pre- be pretty puffed at the end of it if I yep. put all my force into it. Yeah. Likewise, I can rate rate twenty for two hours and still be pretty puffed at it. So yeah. Although it's rate capped and it's, you know, there's deliberate prescriptions to intensity, it gets pretty hard. Um, yeah. And it's a tough program. If you do it, I, I assure you, your 2K times are going to drop. 
We, I mean, we did a 2K a few weeks ago, um, and there were you know ludicrous PBs. Some people PBing by like a minute. Wow. People going like seven and a half minutes to six and a half minutes. People that oh, have been on the program for yeah. People that have been doing it since week one. Since week one. And also, so I put out this vid- the, the video that I filmed here, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. And, and people are like, ah, oh, you know, they dropped ten seconds. People going for, and, and you know, people that are you know pretty fit going from six fifty to six forty. Wow. They've been trying years and years and years to talk, knock a second or two off, but it's just getting that pacing correct. Yeah. And just distributing the work a bit more cleverly, a bit smarter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people are loving it. I see the, the biggest thing I get a kick out of the thing on, on Instagram and on the Facebook group. Yeah. All from like Australia, all over yeah. Europe. People yeah. are like, oh yeah, we've got rowing. What? And there's like yeah. a, ten people on rowing machines. I'm like, what is happening? This, this is, is amazing. Cool. Yeah. Talking about the the measures and people's 2K time. Yeah. I, I know at the start in week one, and it was horrific. There was 20, <laughs> 20 minute, 20 minute, minute yeah. max ever, and it was just. Yeah. And then, like a day later, Flannan's gave me the same on the bike, and I was like, <laughs> "What have I done wrong to the world this week?" Amazing. But ha- how often are you? What a? What do you use to measure progress? You spoke about okay, the 2K yeah, yeah, yeah. time, and b. How often can people see those coming through? So, for example. Yeah. I, I've never yeah, done yeah. it before. I want to start today. Yeah, yeah. Where Where do I start, and yeah. how do I how do I measure my progress? That's a good idea. So, a good question. Um, you can either start at week one and yeah. just go through the whole thing. Right. Um, if you're a CrossFitter and you're going to do the Open, I'd say start this week. Start now. Yeah. Because the the next eight weeks. So this week um, we've got a 10k of various uh, different uh, rates, and we've also got some sprints. That'll set you up quite nicely for the next seven weeks, which is looking at building your rowing and also other movements. Right. Um, going to the CrossFit Open engine based it'll develop that capacity um, whether it's rowing or whether it's any other movement you'll just yeah. develop that great aerobic capacity to deal with those workouts right and it also will help your rowing abilities in crossfit rowing um, specific workouts when right. the rowing is in whatever event so they can just jump in today and yeah and, 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 and see what's going on yeah talking about the numbers and progress yeah give us some of your numbers and progress and if you don't remember them we'll both be really upset <laughs> what, what numbers do you want to know what like? did you start out at when you started at CrossFit, what could you pull? A distance, 2K, time. Do you know? 500 meters. 500 meters, I know. Seconds, give us anything. I think the, the first time I did it. You're here Cam's program. Yeah, the first time. <laughs> I think I was like a, a 143 when yeah. I just started. Just right. You just did what, 135? Yeah. One, what I think do? the best I've done for 500 was 137. Wow. Wow, that's quite good. 160, how many centimeters? 168. One, 168. But quads, 141. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, short legs, whatever. I mean, short, obviously, as, as, as you said, Cam, tall people yeah. generally make the best rows. So that's some, that's some, serious, uh, some serious improvement. Talking about taking that as well into... CrossFit workouts. We did obviously we did one today. Yeah, yeah. What what's the advice for people make? Because obviously, if we go back to the general person, they go absolutely apeshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, <laughs> it's mean, but it's it's the the first part of our of our baseline test, which everyone does when they come in, is, <laughs> no, yeah. is a fifty calorie row. Okay. And forty air squats, thirty hand release push ups, twenty sit ups, ten burpees, and. It's just awesome to watch. Yeah. <laughs> we Everyone goes nuts. They're so motivated they're to so start motivated. your role. <laughs> yeah. so Amazing. Everybody who does it, I, I don't tell them anything. We just say <laughs> nothing. We just nothing and let them do it. And they start like at a 140 <laughs> pace yeah. or something. And then they realize, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is it. This Uh-oh. is it. <laughs> and then they Good come night. up the rower and they're like, okay, now I can have rest. I was like, no, you have to do all the rest. <laughs> yeah. like, there's more. 
So what what what's really the advice these people make? Uh, obviously, get on get on the program, but yeah. there is there is a finite amount of time. We're, we're coming to the open very soon. Yeah. What's the advice? I mean, we worked on a couple of things today. What's the advice for these guys to sort of get? I, I guess again, minimum effective dose yeah. for for maximum efficiency within CrossFit workouts. I think it's looking at rowing in the context of the whole workout. Right. I think often what happens is you look at a 50-cal row, a 25-cal row, a 300-meter row, whatever it is, and then you focus on that component, and yeah. then you think, well, I've done 500 in this time, so I'll do this in this time. Right. And then and no one does the cumulative math. And <laughs> right. you're like, dude, like, there's no way, like, if, if it was right, we're going to, like Jackie, 1,000 yeah. meters, yeah. thrusters, and pull-ups. Yeah. The first time I did that work, I almost passed out picking up the bar. Because <laughs> I was like, well, I'll just, row, I'll just row, like, 125 or 126, <laughs> but, like, okay. I did, I did, like, the, I did, like, 250-something, and I was like, I've got to do what? I couldn't do a pull-up. <laughs> like, really? No. really? So I think people forget. I mean, I fell into the trap as well. I was like, yeah. oh, well, I'll just take it easy. But I think you don't assess the cumulative effect. Yeah. Um, so I would just say be a bit smarter about your distribution of energy. Yeah. Um, you can always put energy into a workout at the end. You can always, you know, negative split it and get faster. It's yeah. really hard to take that energy back if yeah. you've already pumped lactate into your body for the first minute. <laughs> yeah. You're already in a world of hurt. You're never going to get yeah. it. Right? So just be smart. And, and and those, being smart, mate, I guess it's different for everyone. Mm, absolutely. Like, you know, Phil is a lot different to, to myself. He's yeah. a lot different to Matt. So is it... It's, are these guys ever oh, going to finish that? I thought they were away from me. <laughs> Why are they dropping the weight? <laughs> is, is, it, is it a case of, you know, we get a workout. Is it, it's going to be different for everyone. Like, you're, you're incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. good at rowing. Yeah. So you can, are you going harder on the row? Or are you, are you you're able to row at a better rate and have more energy to do the things that you're not good at? Like, yeah. what should, because... This, I think this is one of the biggest things that we see when, when, when workouts come up, especially workouts that people maybe haven't done before, which we're yeah. going to see in the open. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, I'm pretty good at thrusters, yeah. but I'm not very good at rowing, so should I be 15 seconds behind? Yeah, yeah. What's your advice for, so for those guys? The biggest thing I've learned, so if you take me as an extreme, I'm pretty good at rowing and, yeah. not, and not, as good as, not as good at all the other stuff as I am at rowing. Yeah. Um, so on one scale... I'd say that I have a big rowing capacity, but it doesn't mean that I always have to use it. Yeah. So if a workout comes up, and let's say someone's really good at thrusters, it doesn't mean that they have to win the thruster bit of the workout. Right. You can just, you know, chill out a little bit, use that big capacity that you have, use your speed to get the thrusters done, and then move on to an apparatus that you think maybe I'm not quite as good at. Yeah. Um, that's something certainly something that I do on the rowing machine. I'll happily sit at, you know, maybe 1,300, 1,400 calories an hour or 145, 150 spit. Stuff I could probably do for about an hour, right. but the workout will be five or six minutes long. So just because I have a big rowing capacity doesn't mean I need to use it. Yeah. I, it means I can get through the work yeah. and be in a nice, fresh-ish place for the next to, yeah. ta- to tackle. Like, for instance, today's workout, 12-minute AMRAP, 60-calorie row, 30 wall balls, 10 muscle-ups. I'm not very good at muscle-ups. Right. So I knew that I was probably going to be looking at the rings or the bar for quite a long time. So I could go a bit harder on the row, yeah. but still not be too gassed so that I could still do the muscle-ups. Um, and that's what I normally do if, if there's a workout that I'm strong at something, Yes, I want to use my strength, but I can also use that strength to save some energy for my weaknesses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. It's totally different for each athlete, um, but be results-driven, not ego-driven. Like you, right. don't, you don't need to be winning the thruster workout because you've won um, you know, thrusters in the past and you're the best you know, thruster or cleaning jerker in the gym. Yeah. Awesome. Mate, I've left it till quite close to the end. 
Yes. You brought it up very early. Okay. Talk to us about lycra in rowing. Lycra <laughs> <laughs> rowing. Dude. Where's the, where's the, I, I get it on a bike. Yeah. I, I, I get that people, Usain Bolt has these. It's liberating. Why do I go to a gym? It's liberating. Why do I, 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 I remember this. I went about four or five years ago. Someone said to me, they said, oh, there's this guy who's helping me with some rowing. It was an old, oldish guy. He was about 55, 60 years old. And uh, he, he called me up and he said, yeah, I'll come and have a look at your rowing for you. And I was like, yeah, that's great. He gets down to the gym. We're at another gym then. And he gets there and he's, I, I can sort of see something uh, pushing out of the top of his shorts. <laughs> I was like, what's oh, yeah. this guy actually wearing? <laughs> anyway, we sort of have a quick chat and, uh, and he goes, right, uh, we'll get going on the machines. I said, okay. He said, just two minutes. I just need to go and get changed. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, and he wasn't in the best shape and he's 55 <laughs> to 60. He, he was absolutely, awesome. I don't remember his name. He was absolutely brilliant. And, and he comes out in, in this rowing legend. What, do you just call it a rowing singlet? Well, you guys call it Zooties. Aussies are like, oh, where'd you get your Zooty from, man? I'm like, what the hell is what, that? What's the story there, though, mate? Yeah, it was just known, <laughs> just known as a, a lycra or a, I guess the, occasionally the old onesie. But no, it's just it, mate, it's a short vest lycra combo. Yeah. It's the racing suit. Um, it's it, it stems from I think like in the olden days when they had their like they had their tight cotton black shorts and they had yeah. their vest or um, t-shirt. I think someone one day was like, "Oh, this is getting caught because you get t-shirts caught in the slides because the, right, right. the, mm. the, se- the seat slides in the um, in the boat just like a rowing machine." Yeah, and if you wear like baggy clothes like shorts and stuff, it just gets caught in the little grooves that the seat slides in. So someone someday was like, "I'll oh, put this like stretchy lycra stuff on." Yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh, brilliant!" And it um, works well. There you go, and it's quite warm, so you can stay. Uh, stay nice and warm in the winter. <laughs> Boz, do you reckon you on it? Just lycra for if, like it, lycra. if it comes up in, yeah. in in the open with the rowing, would just get lycra. I can wear my <laughs> weightlifting suit. There you go. It's the oh, same you have a weightlifting suit. Yeah, you want wow. me to wear it? That's um, I'm not. I'm not bothered if you wear it one way or the other. I, don't, I, I think it would be weird if I requested you to wear it. <laughs> um, Phil, Phil wears his probably too often. Yeah. I've seen it twice <laughs> in the last one. Amazing. But, uh, okay. but our friend John... Next rowing session, I will wear my weightlifting suit. There you go. Really? It'll, it'll make you go loads know. faster. It'll make you go a lot faster. <laughs> but does it look more like a weightlifting suit yeah. or more like, like um, the one way you wear on the bike? Uh, no, like it looks more like a weightlifting suit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's I'll bring it. I'll bring you one over. I'll try and get one from the UK. I'll bring one over next time. I'll yeah, show you. Do you still have your yeah, yeah. Great Britain one? I do. We got framed? given. We got given eight actually. So right. um, we got a few. I've, I had. Um, I gave a couple away. Yeah. I haven't framed it yet. It's due to be framed. I haven't really got around to it three years <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, I it should would, do. It would take quite a. Uh, yeah, quite big. a lot of space. They're big, mate. It, they are large. I'm <laughs> frame a couple of Phil's t-shirts, and they were big enough, but a, a, a yeah. full suit. Mate, one, one of the things that, that you teach through your seminars, I've been lucky to be a part of quite a few of them, is that yeah. rowing is hard. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that and, 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 and sort of, you know, to compete at a high level, the sort of pain and suffering that people are going through and, 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 yeah. and that whole concept. Well, I mean, the thing I start off with is, is saying that it's, um, it's a really demanding movement. So yeah. if you do it correctly the work is there and it's yeah. physiologically really demanding to row well use your body weight to move the handle move the oar yeah. it's really really hard metabolically and so people often associate rowing as being really hard because they try and look for muscular effort right. um, and it is hard but only when you're doing it really really 
well. I yes. mean, there's, honestly, I mean, I don't think I'll ever get there again. But like after a two k ergo test, two k road test, yeah. I mean, so my PB was five forty eight point three, and I was like white as a sheet. Wow. I mean, I didn't even know what day of the week it was when I finished. Yeah, yeah. And after big races, like, I mean, you just literally the world is... I remember it going, things were going dark, orange lights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but I think, I think it comes back to that motivation thing that you talked about before. It is hard, and your ability to push yourself in that kind of closed system, the sort of, you know, stroke, 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 yeah. over and over again, you can really wring out all that energy that your body has to give. Um, but you can only really do, I think, when that big goal, that big motivation, that big target is there. Yeah. Um, which is why I don't think I'll ever get, I mean, I don't think I'll ever find in the athletic world that kind of, I want to win the Olympics. You know, like these guys, I want to win the, the CrossFit Games. But, mate, you're still well, quite Try young. to make it first, maybe. You're still, you're still quite young. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're more educated, knowledgeable. I forgot to mention that you're, you, you're a doctor. Yep, that's correct. Um, you know more about the human body now than you knew then. You're using training techniques now yeah. that probably, you probably, I'll assume, are making you stronger, are yeah. making you fitter. Yeah. Why, why can't you row a faster 2K now? It's about specifics. So I've got stronger, much, much stronger. I've got yeah. much more skillful. So yeah. I, you know, I can do things shoulder to overhead. I could never put a barbell over my, my, my shoulders. Right, right. For, like Carmen, well, Carmen outlifts me now, but I mean, <laughs> she'd like destroy me when I was rowing. Because yeah. it's, I mean, it's about the specifics, isn't it? Like, yes, we're great at rowing, but yeah. take us out of that environment. Um, and we're not so good at other things. Yeah. Um, so although I'm, I think, globally much fitter, so in CrossFit's definition of fitness, I'm mm. fitter. Yeah. But in <laughs> rowing's definition of fitness, no. <laughs> Do you think if you dedicated 12 months? I think so. I think that... You could go faster. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. If I just rowed, and I rowed yeah. in a rowing program, um, I reckon I could get back to close to my PB. The reason why I don't think I couldn't surpass it now is just because it takes years and years to build up that volume. Right. Um, a good example is one of the guys I rode with um, in the pair before the Olympics, a guy called Greg Sell. Um, yeah. He won the Olympics in 92, and uh, he retired for the first time in... I actually think he might have gone to my school. Really? Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. I learned the other day that... Um, what's the... I don't even know his name now. The yeah. cricketer that's that's winning for England and he's the top batsman in the world at the moment uh, he, he also went to my school no, right, cool. yeah he's like number one oh, that, right. yeah okay. sorry no, no. <laughs> but that, so but he so he and his in his prime of sort of late 20s early 30s which is about the prime of a rower yeah I think he pulled like 544 for his 2k yeah Retired in 2001, came back in 2010, yeah. I think, for the London Olympics. Yeah. And he never quite got back to his to what PB, he yeah. just because he didn't have that sort of volume, a little bit older. Yeah. And I really do think that um, to get that top level of performance and to be able to just literally do the training, 200k a week for yeah. four years, it's, like you need to have takes. that. Well, it's the, the mental side comes first. You need yeah. to want to do it. You need to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I need to, I think I need to enjoy it and I need to want it more, right. you know. I gave everything in London. You know, things didn't quite work out how they wanted to. I didn't yeah. win the Olympics. Yeah. Um, but I had an awesome journey. So glad I did it and learned so much and achieved so much along the way. Yeah, right. Because I had that Olympic gold ambition. Talking about that and your rowing career, yeah. what's the most memorable moment? Ah. You've told us some good stories. Yeah. We're memorable nearly, moment. We're nearly at the end. Okay. What, what's probably, what, what would be one that would really stand out that you can share with us? Um, I think, I mean, being... Except when you met 
balls. Except when I'm <laughs> going. That was yeah, yeah. That was, that I was saw that. her there opening her back up early, and I thought, this is my calling. <laughs> 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 Before you told me the pelvis still <laughs> The pelvis still <laughs> Carmen use your pelvis not your back yeah. <laughs> <There we laughs> it's true. Um, yeah well, I think being a part of a home Olympics In yeah. the Olympic team you know, I wasn't racing for a gold medal, but I was I was in um, the four for a few pieces uh, before they raced. I was there um, during the racing time in the second week. Rowing had finished, and we got to enjoy the games in my home city, where I've you know been at university. That was just a cool, really, really special experience, and that for me was kind of worth everything. Um, it's really interesting because I mean, if you look at my CV, you'd say winning two world championship silver medals in the men's yeah, eight. Yeah. But interesting, those two experiences, I was standing on the podium like miserable because really? I mean, yeah, because yeah, you sit there and you think, oh, I want to win. Yeah. And you yeah. and you train your whole career to win an Olympic gold medal, win a world championships. Yeah. And you so the first time we won silver, we missed it by 0.3 of a second. The wow. second time we were about a second and a half away from from gold. Yeah. Um, and both times I sat on the podium, miserable that I won a world championship for silver medal. Incredible. And it's kind of a, it's a weird mindset. And I yeah. think so. Interestingly, the the races I looked back on most fondly are the ones that almost others wouldn't deem that special so like the Hansa Cup is one thing that, that 12.7k race I talked about yeah. um, some of the World Cups I did in a, in a, in a pair where we you know, we, we rode down some German World Championships in a, in a, in a semi-final like, those are the kind of races that was like, that was like the mecca of rowing, really? that was awesome I remember we, we was one just outing with um, my pair's partner Greg so, yeah. um, and we were out in um, a training camp in Italy and we just did some pieces and I always remember that it was just like just doing some bursts of 10 or 20 strokes flat out 45 46 strokes a minute just really really long just achieve like ludicrous speed like yeah. 121 122 speed Obviously you can't you can't do that for a 2k you can't do that for 500 meters but yeah. just achieving this ludicrous speed yeah um and those are the kind of moments i look back on being like wow that's kind that of, was awesome that was awesome so it's not always when you're on top of the podium no, a lot, a lot no. of it was maybe through training and through those yeah i i mean I, I i definitely think that you just my kind of advice would be probably to athletes in future generations is that like just enjoy the moments enjoy the moments that just arrive that you never expected like whether it's just throwing down in a workout with someone and you had yeah. a great workout you smashed it you had a great score yeah um don't always look to the things that external people you know hold up um as a kind of like holy grail or a big chalice yeah thinking oh yeah win the crossfit games yeah um because you don't know where those cool moments are going to come from You've half answered my last question. Oh, really? I, you've, you've given a piece of advice for sport. I want your best piece of advice for people in life, generally. In life? Not related to CrossFit. This is deep. Get out of rowing. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, what would be one thing, maybe someone shared it with you, because I, I often think that, and, and I'm speaking now to give you a little bit more time to think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank you. You can see my eyes wandering in the top left corner like, Fudge, I've got to be quite pr- profound here. <laughs> you don't have to be profound at all. But I, I, I think from the experiences that you've had yeah. and the people that you've met, I'm sure you've, like, if, if we actually sat and brainstormed, you've come up with a million and one different things. But yeah. I think sometimes we often speak a lot about sport. Yeah. And, and we've spoken a lot in the last hour about sport and about CrossFit yeah, and about yeah. rowing. But I think sometimes there's something that is a little bit more yeah. profound. And it's like, you know, number one piece of advice for someone for life I mean I think the the things that I've had most success with have been the things that I've enjoyed the most Yeah. and when you're having fun and you're enjoying it 
and you'd almost pay to do something. Yeah. That's when I think you're really on to something because you need to be enjoying things. You need to be loving what you're doing because it fuels the habit. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing that I've realized in my very short time on this mortal coil <laughs> is that uh, if you're enjoying things and you're following things that excite you, awesome. it generally leads to success. And whether that's because you bloody love baking a great cake, yeah. whether it's because you love treating the human body, yeah. you love reading about law, you love you know running really fast or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, if you enjoy it and you just get lit up by it, then I would say that's the way to go. Awesome. Um, and it's, yeah, the, the final little thing I'll say is that, so I went to quite a sporty school um and the one little kind of ethos that they had which was by the founder of the school was a, a, a guy i've bloody forgotten his name oh no, never mind um but, <laughs> but he, he's um, not important yeah he's not important but his idea was important yeah and he sort of believed that um every child had a spark right um and he believed that the school should be a place that harnessed that spark and just threw fuel onto that fire, whatever it was. Okay. Um, so whether it's sport, music, whatever, they just tried to cater for everything. Yeah. And I think he was kind of on, on to something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the school motto that I'll kind of leave you with is, is a thing called, it's Latin, I think it's Malir Melendo, right. which is basically a, uh, a sort of motto for success through determination or th- awesome. success through grinding. And Beautiful. I think that um, that kind of Very typifies cool. things. There you go. Mate, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Online? Online, rowingwod.co. So rowing no. and then wod.co. On In Facebook, Instagram, yeah, whatever else it, you want. So that's the website, Facebook, rowingwod. And then, uh, yeah, my Instagram handle is my name. So Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N. And then Nick, Nickel, N-I-C-H-O-L-G-B. So it's at Cameron Nickel GB. Easy. Um, yeah, just... Get involved. Get involved. <laughs> 20, you're on week 22 now. Week 22. Get <laughs> rowing. Well, I wonder if we'll come back in a year and be yeah, maybe on week 74. Oh, that was good maths. <laughs> that was on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Carmen, thank you very much, Thanks, folks. And, and please Cam. get in touch with Cameron if you want to get better at rowing. He's seemingly quite good at that. Oh, I should have said show no weakness. Bugger. Yeah. <laughs> that that would have been the number one piece of advice. That would have been poetic. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.